Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is the 29th of August at 8.06 p.m. The impact on mental health, natural disasters. Thank you for joining me. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. I hope everybody had a good weekend. I know this is only Tuesday, and we're moving into Wednesday, which, by the way, also known as Hump Day. And we are one week away before school starts. This coming weekend is the Labor Day weekend. Tuesday, uh, September the 5th, kids go back to school. High schools go back to school, college universities. Tuesday is going to be a really busy day on our area roads and highways. Vacations will come to an end trying to get back into that routine. School buses will be back on the roadway. So start driving accordingly now by following the rules of the road. Put your cell phones away. We don't need any incidents on the first day of school. By somebody speeding through the school zones while buses are picking up children to get to school. Pay, pay attention out there, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when we talk about our mental health, mental health and addiction, uh, a mental health. Um, illness. But when do we ever talk about the impact on mental health, natural disasters, even man-made disasters? We don't really talk about mental health about that. Natural disasters such as hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, forest fires, oil spill, just to name a few. We know that it's a complex global problem. Every year, individuals and communities are being affected by disasters, which disrupts their mental health and well-being. Economic and social development throughout the world is frequently 
interrupted by natural disasters. And we're seeing this, you know, California, you had fires going on, you had, uh, you had an earthquake. We have the forest fires that are burning across Canada. People are losing their homes and losing their jobs. So it is affecting the economic part of it and the social development throughout the world. Now, the United Nations International Strategy for Disaster Reduction defines disaster as a serious disruption of the functioning of a community or society causing widespread human material, economic, or eventual losses which exceeds the ability of the affected community or society to cope using its own resources. And when your own resources are not available to help, then what do we do? The World Health Organizations defines disaster as a sudden ecologic phenomenon of, of sufficient magnitude to require external assistance. Do we think of just natural disaster? Two types of natural disasters is natural and man-made. Natural disasters are the result of natural causes, for an example, cyclones, earthquakes, tsunamis, <clears throat> tropical cyclones. Man-made disasters are brought about by human action, including military conflicts, terrorism, political unrest, and industrial accidents. There is a superficial conceptualization of disasters in terms of natural and man-made. I would say, however, research suggests that both natural and social factors cause disasters. Flooding might be the result of the combination of deforest, uh, <coughs> excuse me, deforest, deforestation and climate change. Well, we've seen a lot of heat waves across North America, throughout all the United States, even here up in here in Canada, other parts of the world in Europe. Developing countries also in Europe and other places around the world, according obviously here in North America, you know, the developing countries are more prone to disasters or hazards due to the various challenges like poverty, lack of resources, lack of educational opportunities, poor infrastructure, and lack of trained manpower, lack of awareness and knowledge of disasters, mental health, <clears throat> mental health issues in general have been considered as a neglected subject, especially 
as it is considered a stigmatized problem. And mental health issues caused by disasters are even more a neglected area. Think about, you know, even, well, accidental fire. In a high-rise building, in a housing complex, even in your own home. But then think about those individuals who are renting, social assistance, living in a... Uh, social environment that economically they can't even afford tenant insurance and just in case of a loss due to fire and they lose everything in a fire. They have heirlooms, pictures, anything that's really personal to them that's a huge significant loss and it's certainly going to have an impact on their mental health. And even so, like your own home and a fire starts, it'll have an impact on your mental health, even though you're in, in an economic position and you have house insurance and well, things can be replaced, but again, heirlooms and pictures and something very significant to you is lost in the fire, generally can't be replaced. So that too is gonna to have an impact on mental health. It's just not people who are lesser well-off, people who live on a disability or people who live on social assistance. It's the impact of the loss of property. A disaster even affects the social structure and it creates an immense barrier on the usual functioning of society. The disaster does not have physical consequences only, but it also encompasses the other domains such as the psychological and the psychosocial dimensions. There is no universal definition of disaster. The definition varies from context to context. The coping mechanism helps to minimize the negative impact of disasters on mental health. Now, <clears throat> disasters of mental health are related to a large content. So the effects of disasters might have a negative impact on the affected population. 
along with the social and economic losses. The individuals and communities experiencing mental instability, which might uh, precipitate most uh, traumatic stress disorders, also known as PTSD, and anxiety and depression in the population. Generally, the disasters are measured by the cost of social economic damage, and there is no comparison to the emotional sufferings a person undergoes post-disaster. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. I hope your week is going good for you. I know it's only Tuesday, but we are coming into the middle of the week. I hope you had a good weekend. And, of course, you know the the long weekend coming up here. Um, I don't know if uh, where, where you are, but it is uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, Monday is a holiday um, all across North America, anyway. And then back to school for all the kids in the high school, college, universities on September the 5th. So I've come out here from time to time and I've talked about, you know, just mental health in general. But not really about mental health and the impact it has, you know, with natural disasters or even man-made disasters. Now, psychological distress is a com- is common in the victims along with socioeconomic distress. This is when, you know, a town or a small city um, is destroyed. And we're seeing this, you know, parts of Canada and with all these forest fires that's been burning all summer long. And the devastation that is leaving in its, in its path, people losing their homes, losing all their possessions, losing their jobs, because they had to leave and flee for their own safety. So we don't really talk about mental health and the impact that it has on, on, on the community and the socioeconomic and, and, the, and the psychological. You know, even, you know, like I said earlier before you came on your phone, I mean, if you own your home, you have home insurance, you have a fire in your home, you lose all your possessions, right? insurance covers it and the replacement of the home but there are certain things that are lost in that fire and it could be a life an heirloom family photos you know things that you can't get back things you can't get back you know through the through the insurance it's gone it's destroyed but it still has that psychological distress because you lost your home. Same goes as anybody who's on social assistance or on disability, but they lose 
everything and they can't they can't afford insurance so everything is gone and is not going to get replaced and of course jobs are lost you know like uh, the uh, yellow knife um, in the northwest territories northern canada Or the whole city had to be evacuated because of the forest fires. So the socio part of it and the economics distress. And they don't know when they can go back. find out what's left of if, if if his if their home is still standing sir place and employment still standing when will they get back to work Common mental disorders such as depression and anxiety are expected to increase as a result of negative impact on mental health. And disasters are mostly unpredictable, which leaves the victims in a state of shock. And the victims tend to deny the loss and try to escape from reality. Being in denial state makes the victims more vulnerable to stress anxiety and other different reactions. See our home It's a place which provides safety and security to the people. But then when unavoidable situations induced by disaster, damaged home, properties, other valuable assets, it leads to feeling of insecurity in the victims. Death of a close one also leaves a victim in a state of insecurity because the sense of love, attachment, and belongings is deprived. And the sufferer, such as the displacement of the family, death of loved one, social economic losses, environmental loss, and the lack of mental preparedness for disaster, disruptions in the family bond, lack of social support, and negative coping skills. But we see, if you know, look at the United States. You know, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, it seems to be, you know, um, Tornado Alley. And look at look at the, the 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 sheer destruction. It just wipes out neighborhoods all over.
look at the floods that were happening in California. They, then they even had uh, the, they had a minor earthquake as well recently. You know, so the psychological uh, effects of the disasters are more drastic among children, women, independent, elderly population. After any sudden disaster or chronic disaster, they become the most vulnerable population. Thus, they have this, they have the special needs, which needs to be taken care. Psychological and emotional issues and instabilities observed in other children and adolescents after the disaster. So the psychological impact on children due to disasters can be in the form of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, emotional stress, and sleep disorders. Because with children, obviously, they are really frightened and the elderly, they also, and, and you know, and, and everybody, I mean, it is frightening. You know, so the state of the state of disasters may put the victims in a state of despair and shock. And this traumatic experience disrupts the fully functioning life of the victims and brings loss for individuals, families, and communities. Families experience natural disasters face a loss of their identity by losing the work they have been engaged. Also, there is a lack of hope. And in the disturbance of their roles in the respective community post-disaster and the loss of resource, loss of daily routine, lack of control over one's own possession, and loss of social support with associated with elevated level of acute psychological distressing following hurricane, hurricanes or any other natural disasters. So there is severe stress after the traumatic experience, the uncontrollable stress and feelings of grief and sadness for a prolonged period of time. Substance dependency and adjustment problems which affects the proper functioning of the individual as well as the community resulting in family conflicts. Now, when they talk about a flood, you know, for instance, during and after flood situations, people suffering from physical health effects like cold, cough, flu, sore throat, or throat, or, or throat infections and headaches, skin rashes, chest illness, high blood pressure, asthma, which results in psychological stress. Now, anxiety, while rainfall was the most common psychological impact after the flood, 
other psychological health effects such as increased stress levels, disturbance in sleeping, dependency on alcohol and other drugs, and depressions have been observed. Now, like we don't, if we're not affected, um, myself, I'm, you know, I'm, and maybe you too, I mean, you're probably very lucky that, you know, you haven't been affected by a natural disaster or a man-made disaster. I've never experienced it. But I see it in my own country here in Canada. And, and see, you know, the, the, the uh, destruction in the aftermath as the forest fires push through And the des in the in the um, all the damage, you know that it's left behind. I could only just imagine what people are going through whether it's social economics or social in communities and everything that they have lost. It's tragic. Emotional instability, stress reactions, anxiety, trauma, and other psychological symptoms are observed commonly after the disaster and other traumatic experiences. And the psychological effects have a massive impact on the, on the concerned individual and also in the communities. A lot of people affected with these individuals recover with time. And the help and the resources that they get uh, through post-intervention uh, inter techniques and their individual strengths. In some cases, recovery is incomplete, leading to a number of persistent psychotic symptoms, symptoms which are often severe in nature, like post-traumatic stress disorder, is the most frequently encountered along with anxiety, depression, and other behavioral and psychological abnormalities. So 
disasters not only disrupt the quality of life, but it also creates a significant burden of mental health conditions on an individual and the community. Effective intervention should be given pre and post-disaster period to improve the adverse mental health effects of the disasters. And that's, you know, when when the government has to step in with financial support, getting the other supports in there, you know, this, the, you know, the psychiatry. So these people have somewhere to go. People have someone to talk to. So, you know, helping the victims in their recovery. The supportive methods include the individual strengths and capabilities and community-based approaches consisting of the institutions like education, health, local, and national government and governments. Psychosocial education and and clinical interventions are expected to provide better outcomes because of the integration of various effective measures. And the rehabilitation plan should be made by keeping in mind that the cultural context of the community and the needs of the affected population. Now, just, you know, think about, you know, not everybody in the United States can afford their health care. And they've been affected by a natural disaster or a man-made disaster. I mean, what kind of help are offered to these individuals and families when they don't even have enough money to even have a copay for a doctor? I mean, they should be given here in Canada. With the healthcare in Canada, everybody have people say, "Oh, Canada has free, free healthcare." Well, in a sense, we do, but our healthcare is paid through our taxes. Every province and territory, nobody's turned down for healthcare here in Canada. I'm not saying that we have better, you know, better outcomes. There'll be, you know, good outcomes and stuff like that on people's mental health. But even with our with our healthcare in, in, here in Canada, I mean, with with, with um, the homeless crisis crisis that we're 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 seeing in in the mental mental illness and addictions, with homelessness, a housing crisis. 
a cost of living. has gone up drastically. But it cause, that causes stress and anxiety as well. Man-made problem with housing. Because governments at all levels Municipal government, provincial government, federal government. I mean, they haven't they haven't built social social housing since the eighties. We haven't we haven't built any really any housing for at least twenty years. And, and when, you know, when new projects are going up, they're not affordable. Condominiums. You know, in order to buy one and they're, you know, I mean, if, I mean, just right now for, for a house, the average cost of a house um, just in the city where I reside is nearly 700,000. That's just the average. And though Canada is a wealthy country, and whether it's a natural disaster or a man-made disaster, drug addiction, homelessness, it all has become a crisis. People are in crisis. People have to deal with bad faith landlords. Only trying to get you out because you're on social assistance or you're on disability in order for them to raise the rent. So, so people already facing this the 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 social economic the economic social part and then a natural disaster comes along or man-made I mean, that just piles on top of their lives and their mental health deteriorates even more. Are governments trying to do enough? Well, they, they are. I mean, they're starting to, but, you know, I think it's just, a, you know, a little too late 
And then they say, well, it's never too late. Well, it's a crisis, so. And and with the and, and right clear across Canada, so when you have a natural disaster such as forest fires, and these communities are being, you know, their houses are being burned to the ground because of the forest fires. Affordability is way out of their reach. To even to find a place to rent is, is practically impossible. And to rebuild, then we need the municipalities. We need the province. And we need the federal government in order to rebuild these communities. And put in the financial support and the mental health supports in order to help these families and individuals. The physio-social education and clinical interventions are expected to provide better outcomes because of the integration of various effective measures, rehabilitation should be made by keeping in mind the cultural context of the community and the needs of the affected population so that the community is empowered in a holistic way to cope with future disasters. Times at times there there's a disaster just around the corner waiting to happen. And of course they need supports from other communities, the un, the unaffected communities by donation. And that's money, that's clothing, that's food. By giving to the food banks. So then they can help that community. And of course, you know, with the Red Cross, You know, people are going to need clothing and they're going to need blankets. They're going to be in shelters. Waiting to go back into the community. To salvage whatever they have left. And try to pick up and move on. 
And of course they need from their own province help and from the federal government for disaster relief. Rebuilding a community, rebuilding our lives is not an easy thing to do. And more so if you lost a loved one in a natural disaster or you lost a loved one in a fire. And the help that they are going to need mentally. You can't even put a price on that. So when we talk about mental health, rarely, rarely do we ever talk about mental health and the impact that it has on you from natural disasters and man-made disasters. Mental health, mental illness, you know, and addictions. would be probably probably the more talked about than the impacts it has on the mental health from disasters or or natural disasters or man-made disasters. And then, you know, when you lose your possessions and you lose your home and there's a lack of housing. That's even going to be more traumatizing. Other than going to a shelter and relatives take you in as long as they weren't affected or they don't live in that community, they don't live in that part of the country. But not everybody are the Joneses. Not everybody can afford to pick up and move someplace else. Nor with other family members, maybe they're not, you know, in that financial situation where they can, you know, bring you from the Northwest Territories into Northern Ontario or into Southern Ontario, they may not even have the means. So then you have to stay put and hope for the best. Natural disasters such as hurricanes and tornadoes, floods, you know, are really prominent. And they're getting stronger and the widespread damage and loss is even greater 
with climate change. The impact that it has from that. You know, the other day, uh, I think it was Sunday. Um, even not not where part of the city that I that I that I live in, but I think it was maybe probably like the the more eastern, or sorry, the most the more southwestern part of the city and outskirts of the city felt a minor earthquake and it was something like 4.3 on the Richter scale and actually come up through the so it was felt it was even felt in um ohio and that was just on and that was just on on sunday there was no reports of any widespread damage or anything, but uh, I think it was, it had to be about 10 years ago, I lived in a high rise in the west side of the city and it was summertime, I was home, lived on the 12th floor and we had a minor tremor. Now things could be worse. You know, not as, you know, just think about, you know, not just loss of, of, of things from, from your house being totally wiped out by, you know, hurricanes and, and uh, tornadoes and by forest fires. But look what else, what it does too, you know, with the water service uh, disruptions. You know, then FEMA, you know, in the United States and they, you know, they step up and then, you know, the, all the communities have to pull together. We don't think about the other impacts on mental health. Like I said, when it comes to natural disasters or man-made disasters. Maybe it's happened to you. Maybe you know, maybe somebody you know, it has happened to them. So you sort of can imagine what it was like for them, but not living that experience. It just doesn't, it doesn't take, you know, it really doesn't take much. You know, over the course of this summer, from British Columbia through Alberta, the Northwest Territories, 
northern Ontario and the province of Quebec. There was nearly a thousand forest fires. Over 550 of them out totally out of control. The lack of rain. And all the communities and all the like the people that this has affected. Never before in our in, in, that even I can remember that we've had these many forest fires burning at one at one time. People want to help. But you can't put yourself in danger when you have to evacuate, you have to evacuate. Allow the the professionals to, to do their jobs. You know, we have the, the military involved. And all the rain that we had over the summertime too, you know, and, and like a, in parts of Alberta or in even British Columbia, it was there the lack of rain same with Alberta, the lack of rain, Northwest Territories, Northern Ontario, Quebec, the lack of rain. But here across Southern Ontario, I don't know, it just seemed to rain every third day throughout the summertime. not where it's needed i mean we need we need rain for our crops and everything else like that but you know how dry it's been across you know the western part of canada and in the northwest territories and furthest part of northern ontario and quebec And even through all the, the all the rain that we had here in southern Ontario, going into eastern Ontario, throughout the the Ottawa Valley and and the Ottawa and the floods, and the damage that it causes, power outages. So, I mean, if you can, I mean, donate.
Give to the food banks. Give to the shelters. Give to the Red Cross. Because every little bit helps. And it helps the communities and it helps the people. Hopefully you live somewhere, you know, besides Canada and lucky for you, if you have health insurance in the United States, you know, and across Europe, how your health healthcare works there. And it doesn't cost you anything out of pocket. To deal with your stress and your anxiety and your loss. Because it leaves scars and it leaves fear for the next time. Because there always is a next time when it comes to natural disaster natural disasters. And those same communities could be hit again. If once wasn't enough. So donate if you can. Even volunteer if you can. Because not everybody is as well off like the Joneses. And they can pick up and rebuild and they have the money to do so. Even in the poorest parts of the world where natural disasters happen. Towns, villages, all wiped out by mudslides, tsunamis, hurricanes. Or they don't even have the money, even the government doesn't even have the money to rebuild. And if they're not provished, if they weren't provished enough, well, detrimental as it may be, and being hit twice or three times, You know, it's, it's not good. So even that, so even to, you know, going through the world organizations and everything that helps these countries to cope and deal with natural disasters.
So it's not just about a mental illness when it comes to our mental health and what causes mental illnesses. It's not just addiction. Natural disasters also cause mental illness. So that's my show for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming out and joining me. It's really appreciative. And uh, I will be back out here tomorrow evening. I'm going to put it back up for 8 p.m. and keep my fingers crossed. If I have to change it a little bit, maybe by a half hour, then I can always do that depending on what time I get home from work, right? I work roughly 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday. Start early in the mornings too, so. If you can join me for tomorrow night, that'd be great. If you can't, I understand. Until then, enjoy the rest of your evening, or depending on what time it is, from where you are. It's it's 9.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Southern Ontario, Canada. And I will be getting my things ready for tomorrow, just on another work day. And like I said, I'll be out here Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. And then I'll take the weekend to work on other content for, I, I, yeah, for September the 5th, Tuesday, after the long weekend, which is the Labor Day weekend coming up this weekend. It is the last long weekend of the summertime, summer holidays. It's not the end of summer, because summer doesn't end until September the 20th. Just everybody will be done or officially done all their summer vacations. And be back into the full swing of things starting on September the 5th when all the kids in college and university, students, everybody goes back to school. So at the start of my show, I mentioned that the school buses will be back out in full force on September the 5th. So drive accordingly. Pay attention, follow the rules of the road, put your cell phones away. And watch for the kids returning back to school.
So I'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, take care and thank you. Good night, everyone.